Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. So I've noticed in England, right, that there is more mosquitoes and gnats than there's ever been before. Like I'm walking to the shops, right, and there's these massive flies everywhere. And each year they get bigger. They go from a small fly to a massive mosquito. And one has bit me on the head. So as I'm walking, it must have just landed on me. I haven't realised, and it's bit me because it's all swollen up. These flies are getting bigger. Like, I've noticed that as the temperature changes, other insects from other countries are coming over. Like the Black Widow, for example. We've never had that. And now they're all over the place. Yeah, that's crazy. Here, too, like, we used to have just regular mosquitoes, and it seemed like they weren't that aggressive. They didn't come out during the day. And then a couple of years ago, they started, all the mosquitoes started coming out during the day. They were way more aggressive. My son got bit and his whole face like swole up, not like a normal mosquito bite. It's definitely something different. Yeah. A few years back, I um, was using a lot of physical mental energy, like teaching my parents the enlightenment, as I call it. I was teaching them how to become enlightened and to focus their mind, remove clutter. I was putting things in order, bidding stuff in the loft, just getting the shit out level of two different people and I've never had flu before I've never been ill really because I've got such a good immune because I've got a lot of energy and because I was using my energy their energy together I was using three times the amount of energy I'd normally used and that summer I got flu and I woke up with a, um, a bite on my head and I realized that my window had been open during the night and a mosquito had come in and bit me on the head and it swelled up and I had flu in the summer Ooh. so mosquitoes they're actually a big issue think about like malaria and, and ebola and how things spread in other countries what's stopping a mosquito for example flying from africa right going to america going to england whatever and just biting you and now you've got the coronavirus gone now you've got fucking malaria like it's so simple to get bitten by a mosquito and get a disease like well, you can't yeah. get rid of them i think it's that's like i think it's good to remember that and like it's really humbling that People are usually afraid of bigger things in the world, but something small like a mosquito or a, an insect can have so much power and change so much. And everything's connected because that mosquito bit like some random elephant in the jungle, then bit some gorilla and then it flew and made it. And it all comes back to, you know, Oliver in his bed with the flu. And then you, you have it, you know. Literally, you've got more chance. <laughs> you've got more chance of um, fighting a lion, right? And and surviving, yeah. And you have a mosquito that has a flu or whatever, yeah. and surviving that, like that's crazy. How can a little tiny thing take you down over a big thing? And that's we we forget that just because we seem this big thing in life and we're dominating the earth, we're nothing. There's millions yeah. of species and animals out there. We are nothing. Like yes. in fact, the person who owns the earth is a little tiny fly because he could take anyone down in one bite. Um, yeah. and it makes you think that. Um, we literally have come from a single cell organism, a.k.a. little mosquito. And um, mm. we've come from that and we could die from that. Like we yeah. are nothing. Yeah. And it's also a perspective thing. Like we only know what we could see, what we could hear, what we could feel. So as far as we know, we're the biggest thing out there. We're in control, but we don't even know what we can see. So maybe we're a mosquito, you know? Literally, you can't see a little tiny fly, right? And he just lands on your head and bites you and yeah. he can take you down. And then you've got, for example, the virus, which you can't even see. That's not even a fly. That's just like air particles. So yeah. um, people like people take for granted everything because they see yeah. it's there. Physically, they can see it. But it really isn't there because there's other factors at play that allow that to be there. Exactly. Like you can lose your job at any point and now you haven't got your house or you take for granted your health. So you start eating really badly yeah. and then you get bitten by a mosquito and then you get the flu and um, just shit like that. All of these things put everything into perspective, especially for me. Yeah, definitely. Bad shit. Yeah, definitely for me too. And even just like of the virus happened but more than that the fear like that's another type of virus and energy the pe people's emotions about things can make things bigger or smaller so that also has an energy that affects you know the way the world works <laughs> negative energy is um is a massive force that people have no idea about and underestimate yeah. like the stuff that they listen to if it's negative music negative like rock yeah. and like heavy metal stuff yeah. and um 
even something like a lampshade that it's connected to a bad person or let's just say your your grandma used to hit you with it for example yeah. right every time you look at it that's given off that negative energy of yeah. your grandma holding that and the anger she had when she yeah. was hitting you that's that light bulb and that lampshade is now negative and negative yeah. energy is the main reason why people are in disease because they're not yeah. at ease and it's something that again you can't see but it's there if you're in a room full of a negative person they're destroying yourselves whether you know it or not and so mm-hmm. negative energy is the reason why the world's in such a mess because yes. everyone's angry yes. and they have no idea why I agree 100% and learning about energy and I actually just graduated to become a yoga teacher um but before that like I just got interested in it because I was very unhappy and I just fell down a lot I, I had a harder childhood and when I started learning about energy it all made sense because I was I'm like a melancholy person just naturally like it's sweet to me sadness and I would listen to so many sad songs and so much like lower vibrational energy that I was just always sad. I felt all the pain in the whole world and I wanted to make it better, but I couldn't get out of my own funk. And when I realized that, how you could actually change a whole room, a whole idea just by changing your energy and bringing it up instead of matching people's energy, you have to bring your own upper energy and it changes everything. Like. <clears throat> Even in a room where I have three kids, so I experiment with them a lot with the energy thing. They'll start arguing and it's just getting like more, you know, more arguments, more. This is mine. This is mine. And if I just make a joke or I like even make a joke of what they're fighting about, I'm like, okay, everyone stop. So we're going to say we hate our brothers and sisters and beat each other over a TV show. And then they realize it and laugh and the energy just like. It's just like a breath of fresh air. It's like a release to let it go. Yeah, like <laughs> everything matches <clears throat> matches itself. So an owl will go to a tree which looks like him and, you know, a lion will hide in the, in the grass so it fits in. And sheep hang with the sheep, humans hang with humans. Yeah. You know, we all, we all match our different tribes and stuff. So you listen to the same type of music as you're feeling. You're just going to be replaying all those thoughts and trauma and depression and my yeah. boyfriend's dumped me all over and yeah. over and over and over again. Right? It's one of the reasons why for example Adele, she ha- was so big because the biggest song that she made was a depressing song basically. Yeah. It is a depressing song like yeah. never mind I'll find someone like you. You know, that's a fucking depressing song. Yeah. And if you've got somebody who's broken up from their partner who just plays that over and over and over again, then you're just constantly going to be grieving and depressed and low. And it's when you are hanging with your friends, for example, and they're all talking about the same problems and stuff. Yeah, you confide, you feel good. But at some point, you've got to make a decision. If I keep talking about all these problems, I'm going to be at this vibration forever. I need to get out of that, which means you have to say goodbye to your friends with all these problems, sadly, because it now becomes one before two. Yes, you're Lord be my friend, but all your husband shit, you're not doing anything about it. That's lowering me. Yeah. So get out of that vibration. And just by simply tuning in and listening to another song that you wouldn't normally listen to, that's yeah. about joy and love versus never mind, oh, fine. Someone like yes. that changes yeah. you. And um, uh-huh. I remember when I used to work at this place, this restaurant, the guy in the kitchen was a very angry person. Every time I walked in, it was heavy metal music, like, and he's like channeling that rage. And and it was like, Jesus Christ, that is why you're angry. And it's truly amazing. Almost like when people at school, they had a a hard school childhood, they were bullied or whatever, and they would play the same songs that they used to listen to then, which made them feel good. 10 years later, he's still listening to those same songs because it puts it back into that happy place of how we used to feel and I'm like there's 10 years worth of songs that have gone by and you could listen to them and they're just as good but that mindset of music keeping you in that state it yes. is dangerous because you could end up dying if you just keep yourself in that pattern yeah, yeah. especially if you make it pattern yeah definitely and I think that there's also something to be said that I learned about myself it's like an emotional addiction where that hit of that feeling like that sad feeling or that you know, I'm not good enough or, you know, whatever. And like, even though it's negative, 
it becomes so enmeshed in who you are, what you need to feel. Like, it's almost like a drug. Like, let me listen to this song. Let me cry. Let me feel bad. Let me, like, think about every problem in the world and cry. Like, that's not changing anything. If I change myself to be happier and even just smiling at people, it's going to help the world much more than me crying in my bedroom about, you know, the state of the affairs or something like that. And it seems small and people can make fun of it. I know sometimes people are like, oh, you're so woo woo or, but it seems small, but it's true because if everyone just made one effort to raise their energy, be aware of their energy, even just be aware that I'm putting out a vibration, I'm putting out a feeling in the world, it would change the whole world slowly. If everyone did that one step at a time. I started doing that when I first discovered like the idea of energy and I would go out to like the store or to get a coffee and I would make it like an experiment where I would keep my energy up. I would smile at people. Even if someone was cranky, I would hold the door. I would wait, hold the door. And you would just feel the difference in the store, in the people's face, even people who seemed crankier or maybe they wouldn't be you know, receptive to it. You see their face light up. You see that they feel better. And I feel, I really do believe that something small like that could change the entire society if people really took that into account and thought about it. And it would make a lot of people's lives better because there would be a lot of le- less suffering. I think so. I was exactly the same. I made it an experiment like it was set myself for goal for example to smile at the next 50 people that I came into contact with and if they didn't smile I'd try and make them smile and I actually had a feeling back then of I want to be able to put out a tweet for example when I'm a big name and say everyone go up to the random person you see right now and hug them and speak to them and how just by doing that that for example the old lady walking down the road who everyone ignores just by smiling saying hello she will now feel so good about her day that she will she would then smile at somebody else and then they will smile at somebody else so that power of smiling or that increase in energy which wouldn't have otherwise been there unless you'd done something about it can change the knock-on effect it literally is a domino effect the same as if you're negative to somebody they're going to be negative to you and to their friend and everyone's going to be toxic whereas if you smile at somebody who doesn't normally get smiled at they're going to smile at somebody else and I used to do this all the time I felt like I was controlling people technically I was but in a good way because I'd purposely serve them do something for them say can I do this and say just do good stuff like holding open the door and waiting for them to run and you have a little giggle (laughs) yeah it's so sweet right you feel good they feel good and then they would hold the door open for somebody else and it was this knock-on effect of positive creates more positive and it's so simple you literally can change the whole world step by step one by one by simple things like a smile holding the door open or just paying for someone shopping in front of them you don't even know who the fuck they are and they will do that to somebody else exactly and if you're aware of that energy you're also strong enough to stop it like if someone's a jerk to me or gives me an attitude if I want to keep going with that which is very easy to do someone cut me off I'm annoyed I'm late you know, this guy's a jerk. He doesn't care. I could continue that, go to work, give someone else an attitude. And it's like a virus. Or I could say, you know what? I'm aware of this. Obviously he's having a bad day. He's not aware of his energy. He's stuck in his own story. So I'm going to just release that for him. And it ends here, you know, on my chain of it. And it's, you know, that helps. I think that does help the world. (laughs) When I'm in my car and I'm driving, right, I always play a game. So, you know, when you have to let someone go, the sign that says let somebody go I reverse it I stop there and flash them and I like come on everyone come through one two three four five they all say thank you thank you it's taking no worries but whilst behind everyone's honking and hooting saying go fucking go on I'm like thank you thank you all that positive energy coming my way that one negative prick at the back's like come on so just simple things like that you've made six people or seven people if there's seven cars positive they're happy they're going to tell all their friends about how this car was supposed to go but he let me go and this guy behind it was angry and yeah. and this knock-on effect of just doing something good and if someone is purposely trying to you know cut the corner I just wave at him rather than going yeah. fuck you I wave yeah. at him and it's like what I'm supposed to get a finger but you'll give me the thumb it's yeah. all reverse like so letting go um flashing them like at a road just keep letting them go I'm like thank you thank you so I call it um the, the credit 
the credit fountain where every time I do something good, they say, thank you. One bit of credit to me, yeah. two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> um, and sometimes I just sort of, you know, just sit there, turn off the car and just let them all, all come. They're like, thank you. I feel fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'm from New York. So in New York, people are more aggressive. Like there's just known for that. Like you don't let people go. Everyone's in a rush. And I didn't even realize how much it was, but we moved to North Carolina temporarily. It was down South. So Southern people are more slow, like slower. They're more sweet, more manners. So when we moved there, like I couldn't believe everyone's letting everyone go. Or if you're walking across a parking lot in New York, like you run because you don't want to get in anyone's way. People there stop and they like let you walk by. And just being in that environment also showed me, like, you should slow down. Number one, slow down. Number two, be nice to people. Number three, any moment in your life could be special and sacred. All you have to do is pay attention. Like, if you have a cup of coffee, every day people are drinking coffee. It's just a cup of coffee. You don't even think about it. If one day you make it, and as you're making it, you think about it. These beans are from the earth. They grew in a field. Somebody picked them. Then they went to a fact. Think of all the people involved, the water. And as it's brewing, you just, you know, close your eyes, think about it. And then when you sip it, think about it. All that love, all the world is in your cup of coffee. And it just can make your life better just by slowing down and noticing all the magic that's around you that you take for granted because it's everyday ordinary things. But if you really just thought about it and paused, you could see how beautiful it actually is and like amazing that, you know, this is a bean. Here's my coffee. This bean grew somewhere far away. And now I'm in New York in my basement talking to you. And here it is in my cup. So it's sort of amazing, you know. And that's the thing, right? Some person, for example, in Mexico, who's got a family who yeah. doesn't really get paid much, who doesn't really have much of a life. He's constantly slaving on the field, picking all the beans. He's got a family. Somebody owns that land. He's yeah. picking those beans and it's going through that chain of stuff. I don't just see the coffee. I see that some man had to pick this yes. um, who to pay for his family. And you sort of feel connected to yeah. the humans and the earth. And you can't even see this person, but you know that that exists. And simple stuff like if I was in London and I said to some random person how many times you have a coffee a week he says oh I've like two a day from yeah. Costa or whatever Starbucks I said one day a week out of your five coffees give that homeless guy coffee be like fuck off he's just a homeless bum I enjoy my coffee why would I do that and you see well that is why you're a negative person yeah. selfish I'm not content with my life yeah. whereas actually for example if you just gave a coffee to one person one day of the week out of his say 10 coffees he wouldn't even realize that the feeling he would get just by giving let alone how that person would respond and in, in grace and gratitude would be so good it become an addiction and you'll want to do it again so yeah. now what will happen is monday morning i felt so good when i gave that guy coffee let's give another guy coffee so now you're scouting for homeless people <laughs> to give them a coffee and then it's i'll give yeah. them a subway or a mcdonald's and the homeless guy isn't expecting it because people just walk past and give a couple of quid but the fact that you've gone into a mcdonald's or a starbucks thought about getting him and you a coffee like he's your friend yeah. makes him think wow that person's just amazing and doing shit like that increases your energy where you want to do more of that but people don't realize they have to take the change you have to break the pattern nothing changes yeah. if nothing changes um but i recommend you see a homeless guy whoever's listening give them a coffee and you'll i guarantee you'll now put that three pound aside a week to give him a coffee rather than you you'll feel great yeah you do feel good and i think it's also important to remember when people have judgments against homeless people that could be you you know that does you're not better or worse than them it's just whatever your story however your story played out there's so many factors involved so uh, i try to remember that and not be so harshly judgmental of people that yeah. When I when I was younger, like 19 years old, for example, I used to go clubbing like four times a week and um, I used to walk past this homeless guy. And then when I learned about the law of attraction and all the other stuff, whatever, I approached him and asked his story and his kid died of cancer and there was an, a financial strain on the marriage. And they got divorced and he lost everything. And he was a self-employed painter who had his own business and shit. So rather than looking at people as a fuck up at school yeah. or a drug addict, or whatever, he was a family yeah. man. His kid died of cancer. They couldn't afford the chemo. The kid died. They, 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 so much pressure on the relationship and they got divorced. Yeah. And there he is. 
And yeah. I started to go clubbing four times a week. I used to make him a packed lunch. I used to make him a sandwich, pack a crisp and a drink. And I used to go and just give it to him. Um, and I got him a phone, for example. I put credit on it so he could call his family member, for example. Um, cut a long story short, he became dependent on me, right? And started to ask for money all the time. And I started to feel guilty, like I wasn't giving him money. Yeah. But the point was that I was giving him a person to listen to, someone who's there for him. Yeah. So, you know, making a sandwich was a thought. You can ask yeah. anyone for money, don't ask me. And then eventually his phone got stolen that I gave him. And I realised, okay, I've given him all that I can. It's up to him to get to that next stage and yeah. get himself out, rather yeah. than just see me as another person. Yeah. But the point was that, he had a story and yeah. I knew that could easily very well be me one day. Who yeah, knows? Exactly. What like people can't afford food. They stop working, for example, because of the flu and you can't pay your bills. Your landlord kicks you out. You're on the street. Yeah. If anyone could happen. It could yeah. happen to anyone, especially right now. Yes, definitely. And two things I think one is that you should do good things for people and you should be positive, but you also have to remember to protect your energy and don't become yes. an overgiver. Cause yes. I think that's another, like I can tend towards that, be a people pleaser. So I think it's also important to maintain your energy. Like don't overdo it just like in a self-sacrificial way. And the other thing I think is that most people that are suffering in any way, homeless, drug addiction, it's an emotional pain so it's not that they're a loser it's not that they're hooked on drugs because anyone could try drugs or do drugs and not everyone becomes an addict in the street it's something is behind that I think it's an emotional pain so making him a sandwich and being his friend is probably much more valuable than giving him money because I feel like it's an emptiness that leads people down these paths that they feel alone a lot of people feel alone the world is more crowded than ever and people can easily meet that you would never meet any, you know, in any other way. But at the same time, it's much lonelier. It's a much lonelier world. And now with the way I was just telling my husband this, that the way what things are going now, I work from home now and my kids aren't in school anymore. They're home with me. And the way the world is going, it's becoming even more secluded, more isolated that people aren't with each other, aren't talking to each other, aren't smiling or holding doors. So. Hopefully, you know, people can learn a lesson to come together and um, be aware of how much power we have individually, even though sometimes we seem like a mosquito to come back around to that, that we're so small. I'm just I'm just a mom in New York. What can I do? But maybe, you know, I just smile at someone or, you know, help someone with something or one of my yoga classes, help someone relax when they were having a bad day. You never know how that could change the whole pattern of someone's life or your own life. So as, as bad as the coronavirus is for people who have relatives that are dying because of it, there's yeah. always good from bad, right? For example, yeah. you see humans are becoming isolated. Everyone's connected, but we're not connected, right? Yeah. So now we're not working. We're not speaking to colleagues. We are stuck in our house. We have no choice but to say hello to our neighbour who's also on a walk. Yeah. So that's bringing us close together. So now you've spoken to your neighbour, which you've never spoken to, say, in, in eight years of living there, that they're like, hey, come round for a beer or for lunch. Um, when all this is over yeah. so now you've connected out to your neighborhood and for example in England eight o'clock last night for example everyone in the UK stepped outside their house and they were clapping for the National Health Service don't know if you heard about that we all step out our doors and windows and we clap for mm -hmm. the, the NHS which is the National Health Service because of the what they're doing um, and you, you get shivers down your spine you feel yeah. this vibration of everyone connected yeah. and clapping like when you go to a football stadium yeah. you feel the energy and again you now look at your neighbours and you smile like we're all in this together like we all can't work yeah. and, and, and you connect to people so every bad comes from a good Definitely. right and yeah. we're looking for connection and it's getting worse and the universe has been like look what you're looking for is next door to you yes. stop seeking out seek within around yes. you go and give your neighbor some lasagna or some spaghetti <laughs> they made you made or you know make make them something make them give them a plant for fuck's sake you don't yes. need to know who they are just yes. give them a plant um give them some seeds that sunflower seeds that simple shit that yeah what life used to be like but we've yes. just all forgotten so yes. I think that that is that is happening right now We're yeah going it out definitely is I've seen so many beautiful things I don't I don't watch the regular news because I can't I'm it's just it's not good for anyone 
And so I listened to this good news. I follow a good news station and they just always put up sweet stuff. So I saw one thing where this old man, um, he was playing his harmonica and he has Alzheimer's and he was playing it on his balcony. And at that time, everyone started clapping for the healthcare workers and he didn't know. So his carer told him, oh, they're clapping for you, Herman, for your harmonica. So now every night when they're clapping for um, the medical people, he plays and he thinks it's for him. And then his neighbors found out. So they started like cheering for him <laughs> and calling his name. And you see him like playing the harmonica, which is just like that just releases so much love in the world. Like he yeah. feels good. All the people feel good. Like it's just such a sweet story that probably never would have happened if people didn't have the time to stop and reconsider, hey, making Herman happy on his harmonica is like so amazing, but it seems so simple and like people wouldn't take the time to do that normally. But now it's like a gift, you know, it's like a beautiful gift. Literally, you could reach out and speak to random people across the world, right? But you've got 50 neighbours around you. (laughs) Who, yeah. that's it that's all you need and my dad's a singer right and he's had to stop all of his gigs because he can't sing in pubs and clubs and shit like that yeah, and fun. our next door neighbor suggested that you should do a, a garden party but rather than all of us in the same garden you sing in your garden because these speakers they're fucking like festival speakers like the yeah. sound will travel for miles and she had an idea my dad should sing in our garden and all the neighbors are in their garden having their own barbecues Aww their own like own little family and we are all listening to my dad sing having our own barbecues we're outside the windows all cheering and clapping or watching everyone yeah that that sense of community so now you've been exposed to all these people around you who come outside to clap at yeah. eight o'clock like who the fuck are you i've never seen <laughs> you before like so imagine yeah. that for that minute of clapping but an hour of singing and everyone's yeah. connecting and and my dad goes everyone having a great time how's everyone's <laughs> food yeah lovely Yay. So now you're listening around to everyone in the atmosphere because they can all hear the music for probably like a mile they're all clapping and he goes hip hip you want cheer for the <laughs> national health service hip hip hooray every fucking <laughs> shouting hooray everyone's clapping yeah. that is the energy that no one ever feels especially yeah. in neighborhoods like the nearest thing to that in England was when the Queen turned, say, a hundred or something. She had a okay. birthday. We had a neighbour, like a a, um, a neighbour party outside where we all put our tables and chairs up and we ate food. That doesn't ever happen. Why does it not happen? That's community. That's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I hope my dad thinks about that. <laughs> I think yeah, that would be so cool. It's so amazing. I like how everyone. I think it's making people understand what's important. Like what's really important and what makes people happy to slow down, to have time together. Even in my neighborhood, when I first started going for walks, I see all my neighbors and no one ever goes for walks normally. So at first everyone's going for a walk. And when we would see each other, like we would like make a big space, like you're scared. Then a few days into quarantine, now everyone's like waving, even from a distance. I was like, hey, like fellow human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there you are. We're like, it's okay. We're, we're alive. We're in this together. <laughs> Literally. It's like, so uh, did you end up getting your, uh, your bag of soil from the shop? Oh, no, they run out. Oh, that's such a shame. Oh, I've got some soil you can have. Oh, really? And then you yeah. go around and then you meet the husband you've never seen before. And that, hello, hi there. Name's <laughs> yeah. John. Nice to meet you. Honestly, the sense of community thing. It's now now you know your neighbours. Now you're never going to ignore them again. Like 30 people you've never seen. You say hello to them once. You're probably going to say hello for the rest of your life now because you can't ignore them. That's just not how it works. And now you get that smile, the eye contact, the hello every time you walk out your house, which is what people are missing. So it's actually, hopefully, a lot of good is going to come from a lot of bad. Yeah, yeah, a lot a lot of people are very lonely that you never think about that. When I first, when I was doing my yoga teacher training, they were saying that some people never get touched. Like they're live alone. They nobody hugs them, nobody touches them. And that's such an important part of being human that you don't think about physical touch, hugs, like a, a little rub on the arm. So when someone's in your class and they're relaxing and you just come over and just put your hands on their shoulders or just touch their head, it seems like a small thing, but it releases so many happy feelings in your body and just connection to other people, to life, you know, because people think that they're individual, but we're a system. Even humans are a system. Everything in the world is a system and works together and humans need each other. 
to be together, to work together, to operate properly. Yeah. I just had a flashback because I, I understand the psychology of touching and all that type of shit. And I do it naturally. And in England, for example, if a man did that to a girl, she'd get him done for assault, even though it's not fucking assault. But yeah. technically is because you touched her. Right. Anyway, yeah. it all depends on the types of person. But I notice when somebody does that to me, whether they, they know the rule or the power or they're just doing because it it's them. You yeah. feel something. You either feel, yeah. oh, this person likes me or oh, yeah. this person's trying to use psychology on me. But you do <laughs> end up thinking about that person touching yeah. me and then you start seeing all this stuff. End of the day, it makes you feel good. It makes you yeah. feel that connection. And I had a flashback to my manager at work. Um, I put both my hands on his shoulders in front of him like that. And I said, Anthony, it's OK. It's <laughs> all going to be OK. And he crumbled and smiled and sort of became like a little child where the parents sort of is like nurturing them but simply just touching somebody you kind of surrender because it's not that they're trying to control you just you feel that authority in in touch it's that that overwhelmingness of touch and you you become powerless because it's not about trying to control it's about kind of surrendering and empowering yourself yeah psychology stuff but it just came yeah. into I did that. <laughs> and also you could do it with your intention like when you're touching someone you could put that intention in your hands like I'm sending love I'm sending love right now to you and it's true it works it, you could feel it you know definitely I think being a mom showed me that too because if my kids are not feeling good or something if you just rub their back touch their head a little bit you see the pleasure and the joy and that doesn't go away when you're a grown up. It doesn't go away. You still have that thing. You still have that feeling where if you're sick, you want someone to pat your head and you'll feel if they mean it and they love you, you'll feel it and you'll feel better. (laughs) So from the age of six to the age of 19, my dad used to tickle my back every night before bed. Right. He used to tickle my sister's back and then my back or whatever. Right. But the point is that when my friends were 19 going out, fucking getting drunk, doing drugs and smoking and drinking, my dad was tickling me at 19. So this love and affection didn't change because I went past 18, which is legally an adult. That's bollocks. It's just feeling. And that's all I'd ever known. A tickle before bed from the age of six till 19. So now I when I used to work at the restaurant, whenever there was no customers in the restaurant, I used to go up to my colleagues, friends. I used to just put my arm out and they used to tickle it. Like we're talking about just people of all ages, men and women, just used yeah. to put my arm out. I used to get a little toothpick stick, mm-hmm. like a little flot, like a stick, a yeah. sausage stick pick. I used to give them the stick and they knew that meant tickle my arm. And they used <laughs> to tickle my arm. Like the manager, yeah. he got out his keys and just started to tickle me. I used to put my back in front of them. They used to tickle my back. So it's like, we're colleagues. I'm asking you to tickle me in a restaurant full of customers <laughs> and they're doing it. The point was yeah. that people like to serve. They yeah. saw how nice it made me feel. Like when you tickle a dog's chin, it sort of just like puts its neck up. They like the reaction and yeah. I like the feeling of being touched. Yeah. So this thing about you never grow older from that touch. I know that I will always allow myself to be tickled by anyone. I don't care how old you are, who you are. If it feels good, touch me and tickle me. Yeah. So the touch is powerful. Yeah, and I think that some people, if you meet people who are afraid of being touched, uh, like they feel uncomfortable if you want to hug them or touch their arm, I think that says something about the person too, that maybe they never got that touch or they feel the power of it, so it makes them afraid. Because when someone hugs you, you get a lot of feelings, you feel something, you feel, maybe you feel uncomfortable, you feel a surge of joy or warmth energy a surge of energy and that could be scary if if you're not used to it or you never got that my parents weren't very huggy or um like loving like that in that way so uh even though I'm like naturally like a very like loving person and I want to like pump out the love to everyone I grew up and my parents weren't like that towards me so even like when I first started hugging people and trying to be more friendly because it was I purposely put my mind to coming out of my shell it was a lot of work I'm still working on it but um to hug someone felt scary because you're in like a vulnerable spot and you don't know how they're feeling or what you're feeling or sometimes it could even feel like what are they what do they want from me in a way so I think hugs are powerful there (laughs) it's you know you know for example when two people hug say a boy and a girl or even a girl and a girl for example right yeah. You hug them and you normally let go after, say, two seconds. But for example, if you go to three to four seconds, 
you look back and you kiss them and they're like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, stop. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like I thought thought what? So what that says is that when that happens and you go to kiss somebody who's not seeing you in a sexual way, yeah. they're used to hugging and feeling. But you're, for example, not used to feeling something. It's not sexual energy. It's not love. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I felt something. No, you just felt energy for fuck's sake. Yes. You can hug a fucking dog or a dolphin yeah. or a duck. You feel energy. You're not going to kiss yeah. the fuck, are you? So exactly. when people aren't used to feeling that uh, energy from a physical touch, they confuse mm-hmm. it with, oh, my mm-hmm. God, this person likes me. And then they yeah. kiss them and it's like, no, it's yeah. just that feeling you get when you hug is enormously powerful. Yeah. Um, and people who haven't had connection from their parents growing up, they will struggle in later life to, yeah. to be hugged. And yeah. there are always the kids at school who are like, they can't be touched by people because they're not used to that feeling. But yeah. the alternative the kids who have had touch from their parents and stuff are more uh, vulnerable to it because it feels normal for them. And it just says that if you could become aware of this energy thing, you can understand that, for example, my parents didn't hug me growing up. But if I choose to hug people, I will get used to that feeling. I'll become used to that feeling and I can hug people more. Yeah. And that it won't be a foreign thing, like listening to music about depression. Yes. If you know that this is making you worse, listen to positive shit that feeling won't feel the same, but you will transition. Yes. And now all you'll want to do is listen to that positive feeling. All you'll yeah. want to do is hug. Whereas before, you you couldn't listen to that negative music anymore because it makes you feel shit, which is the yeah. same as you now don't have that scaredness of hugging someone because you're used to that feeling. And yeah. anyone can change that by the knowledge. Anyone. Yes, anyone can change it by the knowledge. Just, yeah, that's very, I think it's so magical how simple it is. Because for so long, I was so hungry to, what's, what can I do to feel better? What can I do to help people? What can I do? It just seems so overwhelming. And the simple, it's the simplest answer that everything is inside of you. The way you choose to see the world, the way you choose to receive the world, and the energy that you have and the energy that you give out. And that doesn't mean, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, because it's not easy. It's easy to get pulled into like day-to-day mundane things, being annoyed, a million emails, you know, I have to make dinner, everyone's fighting. Like you can get pulled into that negative energy, but you could always come back and the power is inside of you to make that choice. And that doesn't mean everything's going to be like fairies and rainbows and butterflies all the time, but um, you have the choice to decide how you want to see the world and how you want to feel about it. it. No one's controlling you. It feels like the world is controlling you. And there are people that have power and there are definitely things you can't control at all. Your circumstances, maybe things happen, people die, you get sick. You can't control those things, but you're in control of your life and the way you see things. No one, no one has that control over you. And when they tell you they have that control over you, they're just trying to get inside your head because they're afraid that all people are so powerful that they have to try to remind you that you're not powerful, but everybody has the power within them. That's the thing, right? The only control, uh, the only way people are being controlled is laws by government, right? So you sort of feel this kind of control of I can't I'm not completely free to do what I want right so when people these movements rise up and these spiritual awakening groups and all these people that are like we're not going to take this anymore they're going to the government like we know what you're doing it's like the government aren't doing anything these are individual people in their own roles specifically designed to do this to do this to do this Mm -hmm. but you feel like you are being controlled but really yeah. it's not you're being controlled you are aware and taking control of yourself yeah. so it's not that the government's controlling you like unless you fucking break a law then you never hear from them it's yeah. you are becoming aware of how you are not in control of yourself and so like me when I became aware of self-awareness enlightenment I hated the government I saw the power people Illuminati I put it all together mm-hmm. all the rich and powerful and then I realized well, Richard Branson, Donald Trump, the Queen of England, um, Steve Jobs, they were part of the Illuminati. Well, are they sitting together on a table and planning to take over the world? Like, no, it's bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's about me, me not wanting, me gaining control of myself for the first yeah. time. Not that anyone was in control of me. Like yeah. my dad used to say, no one's in control of you. It was just me taking control of myself. Exactly. And you start hating the government, taking down everything. And you realise when you look within... Yeah. I'm just becoming aware and taking control of my life and anyone can do it. And simple thing like 
a hug or someone listening to you allows you to feel empowered which is the next step to freedom yeah um I there's a teacher Ram Das I'm not sure if you've heard of him and he said that he's like a meditation teacher and um he was saying that if you're gonna make a protest against something and you're anti say I I'm anti-gun say and I make a anti-gun protest or an anti-war protest anti-anything that you're actually adding to the negative energy because you're angry you're fighting so never it's going to happen but if you want to make more of a difference instead of doing something anti-gun do pro pro love pro joy you can't be against something and then say that the other people who are for gun rights and against gun rights you're just fighting so both sides are losing there's nothing to win you can't even though it seems like your idea is the higher more enlightened idea if you're anti anyone or anything it's not helping it's really not it's not helping anyone and you'll see the anger growing in you i used to listen to the news and i stopped when i was pregnant with my first daughter because i noticed how it was getting i had a long commute so i would listen to talk radio and it was lots of political stuff. And it was at the time of the election in uh, the United States when um, Obama was running for the first time. And it was very heated. And I was just listening to it every day. And I was getting so angry and so worried because I was worried about why is everyone so angry? And then I was getting angry because everyone else was angry. And then I just stopped listening to it because I realized that no side is right, left, right, conservative everyone's just fighting. It's just more, it's just more derision. It's nothing's going to be ever solved that way through being opposite and just complaining about the other side that they don't match you. You're not the same. You can't be, it's too much negative energy. I think. The weaker somebody is right. The negative they are normally because the lower the energy the more they depend on people emotionally, financially, because they are it dependent rather than independent. So a lot of these people, they don't have much knowledge. OK, so you naturally, if you are negative, you will speak negative energy. If you're positive, you'll speak positive energy. If you know about football, you'll put out football knowledge. So these people who are negative and are against war or whatever, against whatever, that's mm-hmm. all that they know, that anger. And so they naturally release that. So they're unaware yeah. that by releasing their energy and their knowledge is just putting out more of that. And other people also on the same frequency see that that person is also pissed off about the war. And then they cheap yeah. up. And then they've got so many people raging and encouraging each other and affirming with each other they're just creating more negative energy yeah in themselves and yeah. you can't tell them that there's another way to go about it because yeah. they're not smart enough to understand yeah anything else other than fuck off and just keep projecting it out and it's almost like once they project it out they feel that release and they sort of yeah. kind of surrender themselves yeah so it's almost like you have to talk toxic the world in order to heal yourself because when you are angry you are releasing that and after say a month of being angry you haven't got the energy to be angry anymore but you've released all that negative energy out into everyone else so it's a tricky situation because it's like science versus humanity and it has an effect on both to heal yourself you need to get it out there but it also affects everyone else yeah Um, it's it's tricky so it is tricky it is because those things make you angry too nobody wants war like it's easy to think about those things and become angry I'm not I would never judge anyone for that it makes me angry too everyone's human it's it's difficult it it is because the world is it's not black and white there's a lot of gray areas and I guess it's sometimes it's hard just to wrap your head around it but I think the best thing to do is to try to stay with each moment as it unfolds instead of worrying about what's coming next what's coming next and just try to enjoy the moment you're in and try to control your energy in the moment that you're in whatever faces you and that's strength it's not weakness to be I think sometimes people think like if I said an argument like that they'd say oh that's so weak how how you know, love and peace, how is that going to change the world? It's almost looked at like a weakness. But I think that to be kind and to keep your energy high and to um, 
accept people and move through life in that way, it actually is very powerful and it takes a lot of strength. I don't think that it is a sign of weakness. I think it's easier to let yourself go and explode than it is to control yourself and take responsibility for your actions and what you're putting out into the world for yourself, not even just for the broader world, just in your day-to-day life. If in your day-to-day life, every time you felt angry or frustrated, if you pause for one minute and you're like, why do I want to kill my husband right now? Why is he driving me crazy? If you pause for that one minute and you're like, okay, I'm tired, or I felt like he didn't hear me, just that one second where you reanalyze yourself, you can come into the situation as your better self. So you're helping yourself. You're a better person because you're not snapping. You're not, you know, judging or coming from a place of something that happened like three weeks ago, three weeks ago, he did this. So now that reminds me of it. So I'm going to yell, I'm going to get upset now. So be in the moment and try to just look at yourself. Look at everyone, look at themselves too. That's called responding rather than reacting. Reacting is you just give the same force that they give. So if they say love you, you say love you. If they say fuck you, you're a prick, you're a no, fuck you, you're a prick. That's reacting. Yeah. Whereas responding is knowing that if I put out the energy, it's going to come back and keep coming back. So yeah. now when you say something and they say it in a different tone of voice, you know, if you match their tone of voice, he's going to get aggy and you raise your tone of voice. Yeah. So you then step back, lower the tone. It's incredible how when you're aware of signs of a potential argument how just by changing the tone or how you say or how you leave the question open with a different tone that their ears hear it differently and how it's almost like you're about to go into a war but then you go step back like when I saw I give my parents all the time I used to teach them they didn't understand so they'd say shut up with all your bullshit and I go you don't understand and it would get louder and louder and then I became aware of tone of voice because a mentor of mine said Every time that you speak, you need to match their tone. It's called rapport. And I had to learn rapport. And I was awful at it. And now when my dad used to argue and I used to say something, if I saw him getting pissed off, I'd lower the tone. So if he'd go up, I'd go down mm-hmm. and I would be aware and listen to them going down as well. Yeah. It was almost like you can't then speak loud if I'm speaking quiet. You yeah. have to match it. And every argument can be controlled if you are aware that this is going to end in an argument. And that's just all through self-awareness. Yes. Yes. It's so much about self-awareness. Just being aware of how you feel in the moment and what you're thinking, because so much of the things you're thinking, you're not even aware of. It's your subconscious. Things that happened to you before. You know, I was, I had a difficult time in school because I was very shy. And um, so sometimes when I'm in groups, I get nervous and I think, oh, they're all going to think I'm that weird, shy girl in the corner who can't speak. But then, and I would act that way. I would repeat those patterns that when I went to a place, I remembered how I used to feel. So I just continued with those feelings. I would be in the corner. I would be shy. I would have a stomachache. I, everyone, no one likes me. I don't Same know anyone me. here. That was me. <laughs> I'm scared. You know, I'm weird. I think weird things. I'm a weird girl. I believe in weird stuff. They all, and then one day I was just like, Elizabeth, these people don't know you. <laughs> they don't know you. That's you. That's your story that you're telling yourself that you're believing, that you're living. These are new people. You could tell them you're the queen, you're the queen of England. They don't know you. You know what I mean? It's your story. So what are you thinking? What's the story you've been telling yourself for so long? Because that's your story that maybe other people were players in it. Your mom was a player, your dad. But now it's your story. So make it what you want it to be. You don't have to live that anymore. It's just thoughts. It's not real. You're not a weird, shy girl. You're someone new. It's a new day. You're a new girl. You're a new woman. Every day is your choice to make, to do that, to come forward and be aware of how you're feeling, how that's affecting you, and to be set free. I think that's freedom. Because now when I go somewhere, I'm not trapped. I'm not scared and sad that, you know, no one likes me. I'm never going to have friends. I'm never going to speak to anyone. I'm speaking to you right now. This would never happen. And I am very nervous. But I push myself to do it because I want that. I want to speak to people. I want to say my ideas. Maybe they're silly. Maybe they're not well thought out or I stumble on my words. But it doesn't matter. You know, it's just life. It's just having fun. It's meeting people. And it's what you want to make it. It's what you want to do with your life. You could you could change yourself. You could anything that you feel is your feeling. So you could help yourself 
feel better just by realizing the stories that you're telling yourself. And it does, it does take work. It's not easy. And it can be painful because with my journey, like facing myself and the stories I've told myself and ideas I had about myself, it was hard at times to look at myself and like realize that a lot of the pain and sadness that I was blaming on others, I was inflicting on myself through my own feelings and stories. And that hurts sometimes to be like, hey, you know what? You weren't a good friend to yourself. So, but I think that it's a gift to be able to become conscious and be aware of that. And I think everyone should take that opportunity because it's really beautiful. So I used to bully other people because I was bullied myself. And I reached out to them when I left school and I said, look, I'm sorry that I treated you like this because I was also being bullied because I was always strong on the outside. No one saw how it affected me. So they kept doing it because I fought back. It didn't realize that it was having an effect on me, but it was. And so I was releasing all this energy out on people who, you know, were different at school because I was releasing that pain on them and yeah. I, I, I forgave them. But primary school is nursery, primary school, secondary school, college. Every time I went to the next schooling stage, I was like, okay, maybe this time people are going to like me. Maybe I'm going to get more friends this time because at primary school, no one liked me. I was a weirdo. And uh, okay, secondary school, this is my chance to be me and be liked. Again, no one liked me. I was weird. You're yeah. weird. Fucking no one likes you. You haven't got any friends. And there was like, okay, college college loads of girls I'm 16 I can have sex and stuff again no one like me it was like it didn't end and I realized that my attitude towards myself of no one likes you you're an idiot and how I used to respond for yeah. example they'd say you're so annoying but why am I annoying why am I annoying that used to be annoying by me saying why am I annoying in their face all the time why don't you like me why did you not put me in that group yeah. that used to be annoying everyone else saw that and I used to be called the person who was very annoying and they say you have no friends and I was like well one person likes me that's not zero is it that's one person so you're yeah. wrong see you're wrong admit that you're wrong that made me that person who was hated so yeah. Again, I was that person in the corner, except I was in the piano room playing piano by myself <laughs> because of how I saw myself. But as yeah. you said, by changing yourself, the response is different. So if I picked myself up, put myself into another school, having learned all this, I could act confident, act like I'm the child of a celebrity and they would treat me differently. Yeah. Even though I'm acting a character, they don't know what's yeah. real. I am. They're just seeing what they are being presented with. So if you don't like yourself and think that people are automatically going to think you're weird and not like you, you won't bother to show your true side. It's almost like, well, they're going to sound yeah. weird anyway. I'm just going to mumble and go back into my box. But exactly. That's the perception you can change. Because if you're an actor, they don't know that side to you. Yeah. And also you're saying um, you're saying how you were nervous, for example, right? Yeah. I can say that this gets a million podcasters and you could get nervous. I could say I never planned to put this online. Yeah. So no one's going to see it. So this nervousness in your head was created on a perception of it's all based on a pre-perception of how yeah. we see ourselves. Because yeah. whether I show it to a million or no people, that nerves were still there. But that's in your head. Like, yeah. I thought people didn't like me. So I'm acting as if they already don't like me, which is making yeah. them not like me. Yeah. Everything in our head and can be tweaked just yeah. in our And it's the stories you tell yourself. Like, I just recently um, graduated the yoga teacher training. So I was joking with my husband and I and we were saying, like, he's like, oh, um, what are like, you know, when people are like, oh, what do you do? What are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm a mom. I work in insurance. I'm a yoga teacher now. And I'm like, oh, I'm fooling everyone that I'm a yoga teacher. And he's like, why are you fooling them? You went through the same exact training as everyone else. And I was like, yeah, it's true. I did go through the training, but something in me, like that's something about me where I always have that feeling like I'm not, I don't know anything. I'm not as good as anyone. Like, yeah, I have the paper, but I don't like, I'm not sure. Is that like, is that what I am? But that's just a story you're telling yourself because someone else could do the exact same training and they're just like jumping up and down. I'm the greatest yoga teacher. Look at, look at my paper. It's just whatever you believe about yourself. So you have to have confidence in yourself too and learn to believe in yourself and be gentle with yourself too when you have hard feelings. I think that's also important that you shouldn't judge yourself if you get angry if you are low vibrational one day, you know, and you're in a bad mood or you fight with someone, don't try to judge your, like, don't be so judgmental of yourself and say, oh yeah, look, you, you know, you can't even do the right thing. You say all these things about being high vibrational and 
you know, good feelings, but look what you're doing. You're, you know, you're not sticking to what you believe. You're a fraud now. Everyone has days where things are harder. So give yourself permission to be human. I think that's important too. (laughs) Oh yeah, I live a ketogenic diet, meaning I have a certain meal every day, which is a ketogenic diet. But then when my mum makes me food, it could be mashed potato, which is part of the ketogenic diet. Or I always fast from um, eight in the evening till 12 in the afternoon. Occasionally, I think, fuck it, I want a bacon sandwich at nine (laughs) o'clock. Yeah. So I'm disciplined, but I know I'm human. And sometimes I just want to yeah. have a midnight snack. It's not, oh, yeah. we just told everyone you're on a ketogenic diet and you fast. You can't eat, otherwise you're a fraud and you're bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And like you lose credibility because now yeah. they think you're lying. That's an excuse yeah. for them not exactly. to listen to good knowledge that they exactly. know they should be listening to, but they don't want to do. Exactly. So it's almost like they're trying to find flaws in, you're not doing it, so why do I have to do it? I'm like, yeah. I don't give a shit whether you fast or not. I mean, you can do it if you want to, but <laughs> exactly. you can always find a, a reason to... Yeah. To, to degrade themselves but I know that if I was to become a lawyer I'll be the greatest lawyer if I was to become a yoga teacher I'll be the greatest teacher no matter yeah. what I do if I want to be the best I will be the best I don't need paperwork like yeah I can train somebody to get fit yeah. I don't need to go and do personal training course yeah. and I'll be better than all your personal trainers yeah. so for you and the yogi thing the paperwork is irrelevant it's, yeah, it's how irrelevant. you see yourself and exactly. if you want to become the greatest yogi teacher you don't need the paperwork exactly. no one's going to be like okay so just before I start this lesson can you show me your certificate degree yes. no one gives yes. a fuck that's they exactly what there. I mean that's what They're I mean about there. the paper the paper doesn't mean anything that's why it's like so useless to me because I feel like to be a good teacher it just takes time and energy and learning like the paper means literally nothing like for anything even going to university I went to university, I studied anthropology, and um, everyone's like, why are you doing that? You're not going to get a job. It's so like, what do you even do? Even to this day, I'm 38 years old. People ask me, oh, what'd you go to school for? And I say, oh, anthropology. They're like, what What do you do with that? Nothing. <laughs> but it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I took it because I it fascinates me, and it's interesting, and it like, did it help me get like a career? No, but has it changed my outlook of life and how I see things? And it's interesting and fun. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I think that's more important than any paper, just your life experience, how you carry yourself and how you learn just through day-to-day life. Like the people you meet every day, you're learning. I'm meeting you, you're meeting me. And in this moment, we're probably learning something new, even if we don't realize it, a new perspective, a new way of seeing things or you know, even learning about yourself, the way you react to other people. It's everything you do and everyone you meet is definitely a learning a learning experience, more than any paper. Your paper is life. <laughs> yeah, like you, you go into the system, you register your child at birth and then you take them to school. They go through school. It's like, well, next thing is uni. What do you like? Oh, I like football. I do a sports degree. Do a sports degree. And then you leave. Everyone, all your friends aren't there anymore. So essentially, you only pick that topic because your friends were sports people and you became sporty and so you picked a sports thing and it's like okay now what I've got a sports degree I don't even like sports but then you realize life is a massive journey if you're in that system you go through that system and then you have a sports career for the rest of your life until you retire to think about having the same thing forever scares the fuck out of me me So, so many people get into debt because they picked a stupid degree because they had to pick it after school because everyone else was going. And it's like, well, if they're going, I have to go. Yeah. I don't want to be the one who's not got a degree. And yeah. it's if you're saying you're going to be in this field for the rest of your life. No one is in that field for the rest of their life. Even if they've got the degree, majority end up going into something else, let alone the people who don't actually get a degree. So really, it's just getting your foot in the door. And you can do that through any way, working for your own company and saying, look, I've run my own company for ages. Can I manage this cafe? He's not going to be like, oh, where's your hospitality degree certificate? I'm like, wait, I've run a fucking cafe. I've made hundreds of thousands of quid. You only make 10 grand a year. So it's not going to be like, well, I'm sorry, but I need paperwork. It's just bollocks. (laughs) It really, it really, it really is. It's just funny. I think that humans are like that. Like they like to have a paper or some kind of something to show that they're in control, you know, like everything's out of control. So if um, the whole for every single person, you never know what's going to happen. And I've always been sort of like I'm not a good planner. I'm sort of I'm just like a, a my dad always says I'm like a feather in the wind. <laughs> 
But like people that are very regimented about that type of thing, I think it's because they want a sense of control. If I go to school and I get 100% on all my tests and then I go to university and then I get this job, everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be all right. It's like grasping to some kind of control because the world is so uncontrollable. So humans like crave that, that they want like structure, some type of structure, some type of pattern so they can tell what's going to happen. But even like this whole coronavirus just proves you never know what's going to happen. You never, you can't really plan for anything because the world is unpredictable, even in ways that we never thought we'd see in our lifetime. Anything's possible, any, any time. So it doesn't matter how many papers you have. (laughs) Self-perception is how you value yourself. And if you don't value yourself to be associated with a company or university or degree is now that status. And now people are like, oh, that's really good. You went to Harvard. Oh, smart. But Harvard doesn't mean fuck all. Like you could be Nike, for example, sponsored by Nike and then sponsored by Umbro, which isn't as big. Okay, so Nike is really big. Umbro shitty. Nike go bust. Umbro, the biggest brand. So now Umbro is the best association. So it's all about if you don't have your own self status, self esteem, you need somebody else with a name or a label with a self self status. So now you're associated with that person, right? Well, because you know it all comes within. Like you can associate with big brands and fill all university degree, but if you have that self esteem yourself, it's equal. It doesn't mean anything, but it's there. Like it's just there. Like someone says, oh. You educated at Harvard, I did. Oh, um, you're really confident within yourself. I know. It's just the same thing. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't got that self-esteem, you need something else to boost your yeah. esteem by association. And yeah. again, that's all in your head because who says Apple's better than Samsung? Yeah. Their profits are literally 400 billion each. So what yeah. difference does it make? An extra million like out of 400 exactly. billion? Like, exactly. Well, it's perception. And it doesn't even matter. Like It doesn't. It just does the things that people think matter sometimes. If you just stop for a second and you focus on it, you're like, actually, that doesn't matter at all. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't change anything in my life. But people get caught up on that. I think also as there's a lot of distractions in the world because the world is so busy. There's just so much going on at all times. And it's difficult for people to process all that. I don't think people are really made or in our point of evolution where we are now to deal with and know and see as much as we do. If you, It hasn't been that long since even electricity. How long ago was electricity invented? 100, 200 years ago? And now we're here where we have like phones where you could call anyone, look up any devices, like it's just such a huge leap in human history and technology that in a way it's almost like it happened so fast that we're not completely ready for it. Like processing it as humans, I think in a way. And um, just quickly before I reply, are you okay for time? Oh yeah. I have like 10 more minutes if that's okay. <clears throat> okay. So as you know, we've come from essentially waking up, hunting, mating, that's it. Our brain activity was just mate, hunt for food. Now our brain yeah. activity is every fucking thing. Get a mortgage, get a bank, have a kid. Yeah. It's not, our brain is overloaded. Yes. As you said, it's only happened in the last, say, not so very long ago. Like our brains have gone from literally nothing to everything. And we're not designed to absorb so much of everything. Like the reason why time flies is because when you focus on something, for example, a Netflix series, that's eight hours long. Your brain is focused and eight hours passes. Whereas if you meditate for five minutes, it seems like forever. So it's all to do with brain stimulation that why time is flying past. And there's, there's no such thing as time, but we've got all the time in the world. Like you could do all the stuff you wanted to do in one year and and you're every year you're thinking, oh, I haven't done that yet. All you've got to do is do it. There's only a certain amount of things you could do. Like you could go to every part of the world, try every different food, have sex with every type of person, every plant in your room. You could do that over and over again yeah. and there'll still be like 50 years left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's crazy. I think... Um... Yeah, people, and even just, like, the news, like, I don't think we're supposed to know every single thing that's happening in every part of the world at all times. Like, it's so stressful to know about all this stuff. And I'm not saying be naive or not care about the world as it is and its conditions, but it's just so much 
to know everything, like every horrible, and the news pushes for that because they want to keep people controlled and scared. So every small bad thing that happens in the world, it's in my, it's on my screen and people are, you know, eating dinner, watching every bad thing that's ever happened all over the world right now. Be scared. Everything's horrible. So that's the thing. Imagine you're eating your food. family time you're eating your food and all you're doing is watching like this person's been killed this fire did this fire that you're gonna feel so nervous you're not gonna eat you're gonna put yourself off your food like people always watch the news at dinner and I know and you're feeling you're feeling shitty when you feel shitty you want to remove stuff from your body so you don't eat and so Mm -hmm. I mean simple stuff like that I used to watch the news all the time and the more I watched it, the more I needed to know what was going on. And it was an addiction of negative yes. charge. And it was just making me see that the whole world's coming to an end. And I'm like, what's happening in Australia and America and China and Pakistan has no relevance right now. Yes, if I was there, I'd help them like cure the fires and shit. But I'm a human with my yeah. own shit. It's sad those people are dying in the fire, yes. but that's none of my business. Exactly. I can only control the fucking fire outside my house. And that's not yes. there. So until it's there, I'm going to enjoy my life and be as happy as I can and not let stuff that, quite frankly, I'd never even yeah. see in my life if there was no TV exactly. there affect exactly. me now. Yeah. And that's not and that saying that sometimes I've said that to people and they get angry at me like, oh, you don't care about the state of the world. You're so you're, selfish. You're so selfish. I No, because I can't. My sister just said this to me recently. She's like, you living under a rock. She said something about the virus. And I was like, really? I didn't know that. She's like, you're living under a rock. I was like, yes. Christine, I am living under a rock because this is my rock. This is my life. I can't change those things and I don't want them to be happening. And I'm sending out as much love and hope into the future, but I can't change those things. So I'm not going to torture and scare myself because I can't change it. So what, like, what can you do? You have to realize who you are and make your life the best that it could be. You can't keep worrying and eating yourself up over things that are outside of your control. What's with you, what's near you, help the homeless man. If you see a fire close to you, put it out. Don't start a fire. Try not to pollute. Be good. Hold the door and just do you. Be good in your spot. Stop worrying about the whole entire world. Make your life good. Make your vibration good. If everyone does that for themselves, we'll have a revolution. (laughs) <laughs> okay let's end it on that that was good okay. um, do you want to do you want to plug anything any website social medias you are uh, whilst you're here um no i'm Yo- my, yoga my page husband, or whatever <laughs> no my husband has tntl try not to laugh podcast and him and i are going to start a podcast soon we've already recorded some episodes but we're still working on it so, okay i'm going to press stop me. and then say goodbye one sec right there. okay <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode, I have many more for you to listen to. So go back and have a look at the old ones. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and notifications are turned on so you know when I've released a new one. Follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. Have a great day.